AgBioscience is supported by Indiana Farmers Insurance. This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome. Thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agrinovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Biotech. Everything from innovation in seeds and animal vaccines to new foods and human medicines hold tremendous opportunity to transform the future. The science also represents significant opportunity to create new jobs and improve America's national security. Those were just a few of the key theses outlined in the Chips and Science Act of 22 and key reasons why the U.S. Department of Commerce just designated Indiana one of 31 federal tech hubs. Here to share more about what these designations mean are Dave Roberts and Andrew Kosak of the Applied Research Institute. Dave and Andrew, welcome to Ag Bioscience and congratulations to you both. Well, thanks, Mitch. Thanks for having us on. It is good to see you both. This federal tech hub designation really has the potential to be generationally changing for the Ag Bioscience, the biotech economy. Dave, I want to get started with you. Before we explore what this tech hub will mean, we have to learn more about you and this new Applied Research Institute that you're leading, its role in pursuing this critical designation. Yeah, Mitch, well, thanks. Um, again, it's, it's great to be on with you. Um, appreciate your support over the years and, and the advocacy um, in this arena. It's, it's really been transformative, I think, to the entire state and, and certainly to the industry. Um, you know, the, the Applied Research Institute is really an extension of the hard work that was occurring within the Holcomb administration at the IEDC for the last six plus years, seven years. Um, and, you know, it took a few years, I think, to really get the, the strategy set um, in terms of being comprehensive. But, you know, from the very beginning in 2017, uh, the administration was making some great investments in innovation and entrepreneurship. And um, so it's just been, it, it, it's been a really rewarding thing to see it play out, um, you know, over the last seven years. And we got to a point about a year ago where uh, Secretary Rosenberg and before he was secretary, uh, he and I were talking with then Secretary Chambers about how Indiana can really be uh, more competitive and, and pursue some of these transformative opportunities that we saw in the administration at the federal level coming out and, um, you know, the determination was made and support came from, uh, from, from Secretary Chambers as well as from um, obviously the governor's office and Governor Holcomb to really create this, um, I'll say modified mission scope for Applied Research Institute. Um, the organization itself has been around for um, about seven or eight years and um, and the new uh, sort of focus really though is around uh, a statewide impact across all disruptive uh, and transformative technology sectors. Um, previously, um, the organization was really focused on a particular geography around uh, Crane and, and on national security and defense related items. And while that is still key, um, you know, we, uh, we've expanded that aperture a little bit more. So sorry to go on a little bit, but that's, that's the background. And, and so the Applied Research Institute um, is uh, one of the main three things that we do is pursue these federal opportunities. And um, we're just humbled to have been able to secure 
um, you know, three with uh, three this year with the Tech Hub being the third one most recently. Uh, it's exciting what you have accomplished in such a short period of time, Dave. And Andrew, uh, this is one that has been in the works in multiple steps of your career. You and I began working on this last year when you were still with U.S. Senator Todd Young, him being one of the co-authors, the Chips and Science Act, really the legislation that made this designation possible. Give us, give us an idea. How did this law come to be? And why did you and the team ultimately choose biotech to focus on for this tech hub over the other nine key technologies that the law outlined? Yeah, well, thanks so much, Mitch. And um, at the outset, I just want to thank you for your leadership at every step of that process. And thank here you. we are in the implementation phase where we've we've won this, and that's largely due to your your uh, leadership, your involvement, and um, so grateful to for all that and excited about what's what's ahead. There's a lot of reason to be excited, but uh, the origin story, the quick origin story goes back to 2020. Uh, Senator Young and uh, Senator Schumer um, authored the Endless Frontier Act, which uh, this program was included in uh, this regional tech hub program. There was also a, a large component of research funding in that. It went through the legislative machinations. It was renamed a couple times, eventually passed as part of the USICA, USICA, uh, the Innovation and Competition Act in 2021. Uh, that passed the Senate in June, uh, and that had um, the CHIPS Act as part of it. Um, but uh, even then, with a lot of bipartisan momentum behind it, it still took another year uh, to come to agreement with the House on what became ultimately the CHIPS and Science Act. And uh, part of that was this $10 billion program. As you said, there are 10 different tech key technology areas that uh, the legislation is focused on, things like uh, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, advanced robotics, uh, advanced energy technologies. And um, so we had the difficult task uh, last uh, May when the phase one process began, and that's when we started competing to be designated as one of these tech hubs. Um, the legislation called for at least 20 to be named. So we, we uh, were competing to be one of 20 around the country. So we looked at all of Indiana's different assets. We've got some incredible, you know, growing in emerging industries and uh, in a lot of those technology areas as well. Um, we ultimately, there was a, um, we conducted along with the IEDC, a pretty detailed uh, data analysis and then some subjective interview-based analyses around how to best position the state. The two key industries that, that pretty clearly emerged as front runners for the state uh, were in the life sciences sector, including ag, ag science, certainly. Um, and in advanced manufacturing. And so how we positioned our application was kind of the convergence of those two things, which was you know, advanced manufacturing in the biotechnology uh, space. And that allows the state to really um, capture some of our key industry leaders. We've got these global leaders in Eli Lilly in the human health space and Corteva and the, um, more the plant science and uh, Elanco and animal science, which is a really rare, I think, trifecta for any region, totally. uh, along with our university systems. So um, of the 247 regions that organized around the country, we were one of 31 named uh, as a designated tech hub and uh, couldn't be more thrilled to emerge and uh, really excited for what's ahead, like I said. 
Well, it's incredible, guys. I mean, you both, your leadership, Andrew, you were kind in your remarks, but this wouldn't simply happen without a converging force like ARI, the Applied Research Institute, and the work you both are leading. Is as folks have begun to consume this news and say, okay, great, okay. we're a tech hub, biotech is important. The question, the first question that's always asked is, okay, so what's a tech hub? Uh, is it a building? Is it a place? Is it a center? Give us a flyover. What is a tech hub and what does this designation really make possible? Yeah, it's a great question. And and just a quick aside to your point about um, how the state really came together. I think that was a unique feature for us when it came to that competition is that everybody in the state coalesced around this application. And that's a credit to everybody who's been involved in this. Um, everybody was willing to set aside maybe their ideal vision for what could unify um, our application. And uh, I think that uh, showed in, in the result. Um, but that is the next question. What is a tech hub? And it can be, it can manifest in a lot of different ways, but the, probably the best way to think about it is it's a regionally concentrated uh, group of entities and organizations, and they're aligned around a mission to advance one of these key technology areas. So, uh, and, you, and the hope is that that impacts positively, certainly economic growth in the region and even has a positive impact nationally. Um, has a positive impact on national security because all these technology areas are important to national security and we don't want to be second to anybody else around the globe, certainly our adversaries in these areas. And um, so um, the, the key is really um, that geographic concentration and then being able to pull in aligned um, organizations from perhaps outside that geography who can also advance that mission. So part of this phase two process is defining what we want our tech hub to look like. Um, and we've got three initiatives that we've uh, described in the initial application. Um, uh, one around workforce training in the life sciences manufacturing area. One uh, launch network for small and growing life sciences manufacturing businesses. Uh, and then a, a third program that would focus more on the manufacturing process itself to ensure that uh, we're finding efficiencies and uh, advancing in technologies that will allow us to um, certainly not offshore any of this technology that we're developed, uh, that we're developing here domestically. Yeah, the, the intersection of those three, I think, are just really, really fascinating, Andrew. And we'll learn about it right after this quick 60 second break. Ag Bioscience is supported by Indiana Farmers Insurance. Whether your farm is your business, your hobby, or your passion, you and your farm are one of a kind. Each is unique and requires just the right insurance coverage options. Indiana Farmers Insurance has been protecting farmers for more than 145 years. And together with your local independent insurance agent, today we deliver insurance solutions for your farm, business, home, and vehicles. Insurance can be complicated, so it's important to have a trusted expert who will guide you through your insurance experience. We partner with only the best agents, and like us, most of our agencies have been serving customers for generations. Beyond the basics, we have many other coverages available to match your needs. Our agency partners are experts and can tailor just the right coverages for your farm, business, home, or auto. 
Come visit us at indianafarmers.com and discover why Indiana Farmers Insurance is the right choice for you. We're proud supporters of Ag Bioscience, and we're here to help you protect what matters most. Welcome back to Ag Bioscience. We're talking with Dave Roberts and Andrew Kosak of the Applied Research Institute. Gentlemen, the Indiana Tech Hub named Heartland Bioworks, really this effort that you just talked through, Andrew, of bringing together multiple pieces of biotech and advanced manufacturing. But human health has really become synonymous with biotech here in central Indiana, and really, I think, across the Midwest. But this Tech Hub really reflects the broader application of biotech across human health, plant science, animal health coming together as, as part of this tech hub. Share more about how you see this human, plant, animal, biotech innovation being a part of the tech hub. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, as I said, I think this is a unique feature that our region and our state have is, is uh, some incredible assets in each of those three areas. And also the, the division between plant science, animal science, and human health uh, is uh, blurrier by the day, let's say. So we all know, you know, the food chain impacts human health uh, and it's all connected. And a lot of what we're seeing out of global health and uh, federal health agencies is a focus on, on that entire biological spectrum. So I think we'll be aligned with those uh, mission sets that our federal partners are, are going to be focused on in the, in the near term, certainly. Um, and it's also important from the competitive environment because we're thrilled to get this designation, but we really want to win phase two, which is where a, at least $50 million initial implementation grant um, is, is at stake. Um, and the EDA expects to name about 10 of those. Um, 11 of the 31 designees are in or around the biotech space. So the competition is going to be um, extremely tough and uh, anything we can do to set ourselves apart. And I think that's where um, the plant, uh, you know, science assets that we have through Purdue University, through uh, Corteva, uh, a number of other industry partners that Mitch could uh, name much more aptly than I, um, you know, that's where they really come to bear. And then in the animal health, we've got this uh, unique asset with uh, Elanco and all the, you know, supporting businesses around that. So um, that's where in phase two, we got to continue to come together as a hub and uh, just explore what those synergies, those overlaps and opportunities are to capitalize on that whole biological spectrum. I'm so glad you mentioned the competitive landscape, Andrew, because as we look at the 31 that were designated, as we look specifically at ag bioscience, there are really three regions, three tech hubs that emerge as, as really in this space when we talk about ag bioscience. You have Heartland Bioworks, the one here in Indiana, Illinois focused on precision fermentation for food, Kansas City area focused on animal health. And it's why I love, I love your work, your focus on saying, hey, look, our differentiation is really this intersection between people, plant, and animal. And as, as that thesis becomes more real, like this idea of being able to edit a plant that an animal can eat and that animal protein ultimately goes to feed a human and the human then has a health benefit from, from that cycle. And because we have all the assets we have, holy cow, this should be ours to go grab. We just have to do it. And the good news is, Dave, is you have built an amazing machine here of late, having put some massive momentum behind winning these big federal grants. Give us a sense. 
give us a sense of what is happening, the magnitude of these federal designations that you and the team at ARI have secured. Yeah, sure. So Mitch, it is, um, I'll just say it's, it's huge. Um, it is, it is big. Um, and to try and put some numbers around it, um, there's actually, you know, three, this is the third of, uh, of them that I mentioned. So the chips, uh, the microelectronics commons opportunity, the hydrogen hub opportunity. And now this one, in terms of for Indiana, it's it, the potential is several hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow. And I say it that way because, um, there's still a lot of hard work to do. Uh, we've got a great team both within ARI and through the stakeholders that we've been able to bring together. Um, you know, on this one, the opportunity is up to $75 million, um, which would just be transformative to the to the region and to this particular um, sector. On the on the microelectronics opportunity, um, it's a competitive uh, environment. $33 million has been awarded so far, but we've got um, hundreds of millions of dollars in R&D dollars that will come out over the years two through five. So, um, and then the final one, hydrogen, we know that that one's going to be in excess of $200 million, um, really dedicated primarily to Northwest Indiana. Um, so it, it's, it's transformative. And, and um, I think, Mitch, it's, it's validation of what we all believed, uh, right, as, as, as citizens of a great state. Um, but this is objective third-party recognition, right? right. And, and recognition of what? It's recognition that what we're doing in Indiana works. Um, our ethos and character work on, on a national scale. You know, that work hard, be creative, find solutions. That's It's what we do. Um, as a state, you know, we focus on these major opportunities and challenges, and then we come together, like Andrew talked about. Um, the, the collaboration from so many stakeholders throughout Indiana was was critical on this one coming together behind um, behind a single application uh, I think was really important um, in this arena and um, you know I think we saw that on chips as well we had over 136 members on that one uh, and that was nationwide membership and, and we were able to lead with Indiana or Indiana Michigan and Illinois um, we create those transformative solutions together right and, and when we don't care who gets the credit we can do so much um, together. And, and I think just to be direct about it, you're a great example of that, Mitch, um, because I think the, the very first person that was tracking this was you, was Agrinovas and, 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 you know, beating the drum really in a, in a cohesive way so much earlier. Um, we were getting a lot of data points when I was at the IEDC, but, you know, the, the input that you provided, that Agrinovas provided, um, that had so many different stakeholders involved was, was really hard to ignore. Um, you know, and it goes down the stack to folks, friends, right, that I'm asking that are that are in this. Uh, Brian Semi played a role, um, a guy named Mark Zach at Corteva, a friend of mine, Sean Geringer, and, and even a person from Illinois ch chimed in. I, you know, I won't say their name to protect them, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it took a lot of different people um, coming together to get this to, to this point in the process. Uh, I, I appreciate it, Dave. It is it is so exciting, exhilarating to see what's possible. And Andrew, when you talked about this earlier, you know, it, it really does come back to national security. When we talk about these dollars flowing in, we talk about the innovations that can be made possible really across all three of these. I mean, we're, we're talking about the Chips and Science Act and the Tech Hub designation, but this idea of us uniting as a people 
to solve big problems, to solve big challenges, to address giant opportunities. It is exactly how this should work, exactly how it should work. Now, for those that are hearing about this for the first time, maybe they're hearing about the Tech Hub, maybe ME Commons, maybe it's the Hydrogen Hub. You mentioned we're going to have to have a lot of people involved. So how can people get involved? How can they get engaged? How can we do everything we can to make sure that these dollars flow to Indiana and the innovation happens here? Yeah, the best way is to reach out to Andrew. Just call him, email him, <laughs> tackle him. No, no, no. No, you can, uh, you can go to our website, um, uh, bari.us. Uh, you can also go to the heartlandbioworks.us dedicated website. You can see a list of all of our members there. We also have a dedicated website for the other two initiatives, um, but uh, but primarily heartlandbioworks.us. Terrific. He is Dave Roberts, CEO of the Applied Research Institute, and Andrew Kosak, Executive Vice President of the Applied Research Institute. Gentlemen, thanks again for spending time and for joining us on Ag Bioscience. Thank you, Mitch. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library and give us a review. You can always learn more online at agronovisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Frazier. Send thanks for listening. Look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.